The internet is a vast ocean of unofficial intelligence. The following views and opinions expressed on this show do not represent the parties expressing them. Their jokes, lighten up. Now let's start the show. The case you are about to go on is very dangerous, requires courage, ingenuity, and above all things, intelligence. That is correct. Sometimes you've got brains. Don't let us go to your head. Medulla oblongata. That is one big pile of shit. How don't you show them what you've discovered so far? We ain't found shit. Boom. You looking for this? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Unofficial Intelligence. It's your best friend, Steve, here, along with Ben and Anthony. As always, we got a very special episode for you. We got a special guest, the hardest working man in comics. We're going to talk to him in a little bit. We got Talking Snack. It's Thanksgiving Eve. Get excited. You know we are. Uh, but before we get into the holiday episode of holiday episodes, uh, we got to make sure all the people listening know where they can find our stuff. But before we do that, even, we want to thank you for listening. Thank you so much. We appreciate you guys each and every week. All the new listeners, what's going on? Send us an email. We want to see, uh, we want to hear from you. Say hello. Uh, and I'm going to stop talking so that Ben and Anthony can let you know where to do all those things. That's right. It's Thanksgiving Eve and I'm wasted. <laughs> uh, not yet, but I probably will be. Anyway, uh, if you want to follow us on social media, our Instagram handle is at unofficial underscore pod. That's where we post our clips. That's where we have our link tree in the bio. You're going to want to visit that link tree this week because we got a ton of links in there. And we'll also have links to the hardest working man in comics, Victor Dandridge. We got a ton of stuff that you should be checking out uh, and keeping an eye on. And you know what? Why are you stuffing your ear holes with our our beautiful podcast voices? And stuffing their and mouth holes, too. stuffing probably. your yeah. mouth holes yeah. with your turkey. Yeah. Go to our website, www stuffing your goddamn turkey dot oh, sorry wrong one that's the only fans www.unofficialpod.com that has all the links all the redirects secure to get you where you need to go definitely check it out we love you all and don't forget you love us he loves us uh if you love us send us an email hi at uipodcast.com uh maybe send us some thanksgiving recipes maybe tell us you know, how sloppy you got on Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, you said something at the Thanksgiving dinner table that, you know, landed like a, a bag of lead bricks. We want to hear it all. Yeah. Hi at UIPodcast.com. Yeah, I would love to hear all the family drama. turmoil and yeah. drama and stuff via email. So send that in. Um, you know, that all that being said, we're going to get right into our guest this week because uh, it's a packed episode and uh, we're going to get this guy on the line. It's our friend Victor. Dandridge, you know him from our Comic-Con uh, video we put up on YouTube. He is a writer, a publisher, a graphic designer, an educator. He's got major things in the works, so definitely be on the lookout for him. And uh, you've heard enough from me, so now let's just get him on the phone. Hello. Uh, hi, is this Victor Dandridge, the hardest working man in comics? It sure is. Hey. Believe it. <laughs> What's going on, man? You got Steve, Ben, and Anthony here. Thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Hey, Victor. Oh, it's my pleasure, guys. My absolute pleasure. What's up, You Vic? know, we, we wanted to have you on, uh, you know, since we met at Comic-Con because, you know, uh, aside from, you know, the fact that you're self-publisher, graphic designer, educator, again, the hardest working man in the industry, <laughs> what mattered most to us was your eye... <clears throat> for quality t-shirts uh, oh, on, on that thank particular you. day because uh you, you called us over uh 
complimenting the shirts. And then it was just uh, the rest was history after that. Listen, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was really concerned that it was like a really cool kids club that I was unaware of. And <laughs> I had to I had to correct that measure on my part. I had to know what it was. Yeah. So I'm glad that I did. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, how was how was the rest of the uh, the convention for you? We were only there on that Thursday. You had another few gotcha. days after okay. that. The, the show was was crazy. Number one. I mean, it's such a different um, version mm-hmm. of what New York Comic Con is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you guys have been there before, right? Uh, Anthony has. That was yeah. mine and Ben's first time. Okay, okay. So this, like, if you were at all comfortable with the low numbers of people, yeah. then never, ever go to New York Comic Con, because it oh, is never that. Like, yeah. <laughs> it is it is so full. But it was it was weird, but really fun, though. Like, I, it was a very quaint, well-adjusted, you know, from COVID type yeah. show. Like, everybody wanted to be there. Yeah, and you felt that, which was important. They yeah. did a great job. They really did. They really tried. Yeah, they did. They really tried really hard to like make it something that we didn't have last year. And, exactly. And like just really put their like minds together with clear and everything. So that was really cool that they do did that. But you are so right, dude. When they when you say if you don't like crowds, that ain't the place for you. Stay away. That oh ain't gosh, it, baby. <laughs> well, I think, you know, we'd all said too, you know, especially Ben and I, you know, afterwards we were saying that it, it was nice as our first experience to go through that uh, whole convention with, you know, uh, limited uh, numbers there. Because, uh, you know, since COVID, I, I, I do get a little anxious in big crowds now. I'm not going to lie. I totally understand that. <laughs> I totally do. But, you know, and, and here's the funny thing at the same time. if If you enjoyed your first experience there and you want more and by more you just want more stuff yeah then i can't wait for you to experience comic-con in its full glory because i mean we're talking marvel dc image dark horse none of them were there yeah so and that's a totally different experience as well as a self-publisher i can tell you that the energy when those guys are there is even bigger yeah like it makes you want to to be there in a in a way that unless you've ever experienced it, you really can't fully understand. Oh, I bet. You know, I was thinking, as soon as you said that, though, did they they also kind of limit their conventions now because they have their own, like, D23 and then the the Disney Plus Day, the DC Fandom? Um, They're still making an appearance at the Comic-Cons? They in some of them, um, only because I mean, in some cases, obviously the the expense factor they can control the news and all the stuff that comes out from that, sure, which yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, that but does. then there's there's a culture that they're a part of mm. that I don't think that they actively want to get too far away from. Like, yeah, um, I expect San Diego next year to be closer to what San Diego has always been, yeah. with a Marvel panel, a DCEU panel, like. A whole a whole stretch yeah. of stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, you know, we're gonna get into some of that too because you know I know you've hosted other panels and things like that. Oh yes. Uh, particularly when I was looking through your Instagram, I saw a Family Matters one, um, yes. which I was a little jealous. <laughs> no, of. no, no, not, not Family Matters. Oh, Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I saw that was uh, you had Aunt Viv two point on that one, right? Right. Yeah, right. yeah. We'll get to that in a second. You know, just but for our listeners, uh, let's start the story at the beginning, and just to. Uh, kind of go off of the comic-con you know we had a conversation i bought your um your your comic bundle that you had with yes. the trade paperbacks and stuff like that um, I and, I, and i made it yeah yeah and and i actually you know i've been slacking on a little bit of that but i did read the trouble with love 
today. Hey, that's, um, that's a good start. That's yeah, all well, I that, yeah, that's, that's the one you signed for me. And, and uh, I don't know if you saw our video uh, from our experience at the convention yes. that we put on YouTube, but we have a, a little bit portion of our conversation. We talked about that. You went through some of the backstory on that and the inspiration. Uh, but I had commented on the white plastic sleeve that the comics themselves came in. <laughs> and I had said it reminded me of the death of Superman. And it seems like that is uh, one of the, uh, the early comics that, that got you into uh, the, well, hooked in, in the, this, the world of comics and everything involved. So if you want to just, for our listeners, maybe give us a little uh, backstory on that and the, you know, the comics that inspired you, got you into writing, and, and how you started with that. Sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> so I'll, I'll give the proper intro. Hello, everybody out there. I am Victor Dandridge, self-publishing comic book creator uh, through my imprint, Vantage and House Productions. And and you're absolutely right. Like the death of Superman is what started everything. Like I was that kid that didn't like to read. Um, books were evil of the devil. You really <laughs> like you couldn't pay me to read. Like seriously. Yeah. Um, but being an '80s baby, like I was all about pop culture. And you know, I knew Superman from the movies. Christopher Reeve was was my Superman. Yeah, that's sure. my that's my Superman too, dude. Without question, right? And so I'm watching the news because I was that weird kid. I wouldn't, I wouldn't read books, but I would watch the news. <laughs> and they announced that Superman's gonna die, and yep. I'm like, I want to read that. Yeah. Like, right there, you've got me. Like, how do you kill Superman? Like, you know, and and I was a kid at the time, so the idea of it being a marketing ploy, I had no bearing for that. Like, I didn't yeah. think that. Like, I literally thought they were gonna kill him. Because that's why they were talking about it on the news. Yeah. And they did, you know, of course, but I had no idea that they were going to, you know, potentially bring him back or anything like that. So, yeah. I say this, I want to read this. My mother overhears me and she comes like jumping out of the kitchen. What would what, you say? And I'm like, oh my God, did I cuss? Like, what did I say? <laughs> I want to I read that. I want to, is that cool? Yeah. I want to read that. <laughs> and she just kind of like nods at me. And like, literally, I kid you not, the next day she comes home with a stack of comics oh, nice. and it was, it was the greatest thing because she, she just wanted me to read mm, as yeah. long as I was willing to read. She was about, about it. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so she brings home a stack of comics for those listening. None of it was death of Superman because it wasn't <laughs> even out yet. <laughs> I was so disappointed <laughs> because, you know, again, I'm brand new to this. I didn't know anything about anything yeah. that, you know, when they're announcing it on the news, I still got to wait another six months before this thing actually hits shelves. Yeah, man. But, um, but no, it, it, it hooked me, man. Like immediately it was, it was my jam. I love the characters. I love the concept. Um, everything across the board. Like I, I know in that first batch, there was like, some Batman and Nightwing pieces. There were some Fantastic Four in there. Yeah. Like there was all kinds of wonderful things. I just loved all of it. And then like separating and figuring out like, okay, this is this company and this is this team within that company. Um, these guys don't know each other. Like it was, it was the perfect time for me to fall in love with all of this stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was magic. It was absolutely magic. Now, when you when you first started getting into the comics and stuff like that, what were you were you drawn more to the writing side initially, or, or was it with you know? For me, it was always the artwork that brought me, and now I I appreciate the the stories. Um, but did that book particularly you know inspire you to start writing? Did you then start maybe trying to write some of your own stories or develop some characters at a young age like that, or it wasn't until uh, I think around two thousand ten you, you launched uh, Vantage In House? Well, so. <clears throat> excuse me the funny thing is is so definitely the art for me as well like i think yeah. that's true for anybody yeah because you know comics are visual narrative yeah but okay so the other side of my origin story 
<clears throat> excuse me, the part that gets a little get it catches you on the throat. Like that's probably why I sound like this. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So here's the funny thing. Okay. So I I start getting into comics. I'm 10 years old, and like I'm like I like comics. I tell my father that I like comics. My parents had split up when I was really young. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm telling my dad, like, hey, I'm I'm getting into comics. I think they're really cool. And he's like, you like comics? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm I'm thinking for sure he's going to roast me. Because, like, my dad and, like, all of his brothers, like, my dad is the sixth of seven boys. Oh, wow. That, like, right. Like, God, no ble- girls. God bless your mom's heart. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, my dad she's a G. So, like, they still are afraid of her to this day. She's been dead for, like, 30 years. But don't tell them that because they still fear their mom. Yeah. But, like, like, they were sports heads. And yeah. I was a skinny, frail kid. I was not into sports at all. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't really have the the that thing, you know, like father's son that we could share or anything like that. I didn't quite have that. Yeah. Until I told him that I'm getting into comics. And he's like, oh, I used to love comics. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You like <laughs> Mr. Jock football man himself? Are you kidding me? He's like, not only do I love comics, I love Black Bolt, King of the Inhumans. And he's yeah. like introducing me to stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Then I find out, oh yeah, it was super dope. Then I find out that three of my uncles could draw. Mm. And I'm like, I've known you guys my whole life. I've never <laughs> seen you grab a pencil. Like, yeah. what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and so the youngest of my uncles, my uncle Mark, um, he took a, a real big shine to me wanting to get into comics and any sort of early aspects of art that I might have, have showcased. He was really keen on fostering that. Yeah. And like while the others, you know, and they were growing up in the 60s, 70s, whatever. So like to work for Marvel or DC, you had to live in New York. Yeah. But they weren't doing that. They were, you know, where I'm from in Columbus, Ohio. So the idea of them getting into comics realistically wasn't practical. Yeah. And so they're like, you know, we didn't get to follow that dream, but you're going to do it. And I'm like, yeah. what? And they're like, yeah, you're going to you're going to figure this out. So my youngest uncle, uh, my uncle Mark, was really the biggest voice of like, no, we're going to you're going to figure this out. You're going to learn how to draw. You're going to do all this stuff. And within a year of me getting into comics and starting art and all that stuff, he was a victim of violent crime oh, um, and he was oh. killed. Um, and it's, it's, it's wild because at the time, like I was really too young to really understand what exactly happened, Yeah. but I was old enough that I made that sacred Batman-esque bow by candlelight. Yeah. I'm going to make something of myself in the comic book industry for my uncle. So yeah. like, it's a combination of Batman and Peter Parker. I was going <clears> to <throat> say, yeah. You know, when the uncle and, closest and to you, uh, you know, passes, on, like, what it, do you, do? It, it, you know, lights a fire. So. It's your Uncle it Ben totally story. Does, man. It, it is. It's absolutely my Uncle Ben story. So, um, and that's what I tell people. Like, I have one of the most comic booky origins yeah. of all time because, you know, that's what happened. Like, I got into comics because I didn't like to read. Um, you know, my uncle was really supportive of me being in the comic industry, figuring out a way to, to be successful, was a victim of violent crime. And in honor of him, I was like, I'm going to do something, you know, worthwhile in this. Yeah. And here I am, uh, good grief, almost 30 years later. Wow. Uh, with my own imprint, having celebrated 11 years as a full-time self-publishing comic creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were, I think, on the day, uh, or maybe plus or minus from that Thursday at Comic-Con, you had mentioned yes, that you yes. were celebrating 11 years. So yeah, congrats again on that, man. Thank that, you. Thank that's you. huge. Uh, Thank you know, you. just, uh, you know, car- carving your own way in the industry. That's, you know, commendable. You know, we're, we started this podcast earlier this year. You know, obviously we consume a lot of podcasts, watch a lot of podcasts, right. something that we wanted to do. You know, so we just created our own thing and, and started doing I it. it. And so I, I appreciate the the hustle. And, and I, I think you have a little bit more that maybe you could share with us uh, going into how you started the publishing company. 
but I, I almost feel like it, I almost feel like it's a good segue just because you know mentioning you know coming up as a kid and getting into it. What you're doing with the the you create uh, stuff and and get it is that like that's geared towards kids? I mean, I'm I'm 36 and I, I would appreciate a class like that, but it's such a cool idea to get people involved in writing and, and getting like the creative juices uh, flowing and stuff like that. Thank you for that. Yeah, dude. Uh, is that something you want to go into? Uh, yeah, yeah, off of that yeah. Story no, let's or? jump right in. All right, no, let's yeah. jump right in. Because, okay, so it, it does fall right in line with my my origin story, right? Yeah. Like, like I said, I wasn't real keen on, on reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it was, like I said, I didn't have any deficiencies in reading. I just found the material boring. Sure, yeah. And it was one of those things where, like, you know, I'm this black kid, inner city, Columbus, Ohio. What do I care about Huck Finn? Like, I don't have a connection. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, it was it was a it was a missed shot for me. Yeah. But you know, you throw the X Men in. Well, now I'm I'm really interested. Yeah, and, yeah. And you know, um, Dark Knight Returns. Like I'm I'm really interested in those stories. And so I think that there are a lot of kids just like me that if you can bring in more pop culture material, they're yeah. more inclined to see the educational value of it. Yeah. And so to really dig into that, I launched uh, my imprint. You create comics. And that's what it's all about is to showcase the educational value of comics. And our motto is really simple. Kids who make comics read comics and kids who read comics can read anything. So it's really about like finding or using pop culture, specifically comics, to get kids to pay attention. It's all about enrichment and adding something that teachers can use. Yeah. I was going to say, too, now more than ever with, you know, the success of uh, the MCU and like, you know, exactly. the, the 24 movies up to this point. Cause it was something I remember when I was a kid, I mean, I, I enjoyed comics, you know, but it was something that you kind of, you had like your close group of friends that like knew that you were into comics and stuff like that. But that wasn't necessarily like cool to like be bragging about at school either. Heck no. You know, so oh my God. <laughs> you were hanging out with the wrong people, Steve. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you were hanging out. The wrong... <laughs> Listen, I guess so. We both were, man. Cause I only had like one or two friends that knew that I was heavy into comics. So yeah. Yeah, but that whole idea I think is amazing though because from a creative writing aspect, and again, I mean, again, now more than ever, with everything you know at you know your fingertips, everybody's carrying around these fourteen hundred dollar mini computers in their pockets. They, right. they have access to everything all the time, so the imagination and stuff I feel like dies a bit. You know, you see a lot of TV shows, a lot of movies with just recycled storylines, and they're just, yep. they just it's formulaic. They know what works, so they just keep on putting it out there with a different title and a different insert. You know. Hollywood hunk and the, you know, the gorgeous, uh, you're going to get me in trouble. Cause I'm going to start criticizing movies that just came Yo, out. Let it go. <laughs> baby. Are, you t- are, you, are you talking about red notice? Uh, I have not watched red notice yet, but I do feel like that's definitely one of them. It's in there, but you know, it's fun. We were talking about that, uh, on, uh, last week's episode. Well, that we recorded today, nice. you know, behind the curtain for the, for the listeners there. But, <laughs> uh, now I, I enjoyed it, but it, you know it's one of those things. Just, just getting back to the comic, I mean, you know the story. The stories are endless. The possibilities are endless. Like right. you could go anywhere you want. So as a kid, you know, learning to write and and you know if it, if it's part, you know, you kind of like marry that with like whatever English curriculum there. You know that man, that's just such a brilliant idea to get people involved in that. Yeah, because thank you. It could branch off into so many careers. It could spark. The interest of the of the next great illustrator, graphic designer, writer, Absolutely. you know, like all those things. So I think that's really cool. I might have man, to, no, I might have I, to sign I up for it myself, man. <laughs> Dude, by any means, any any time you want to, feel free. But yeah. no, I even I mean, I started off like where um, when it's a feature of conventions, I asked the question: Are you the next Stan Lee? Are you the next Jack Kirby? Yeah. And 
part of the reason for that one, obviously, so many people know who Stan Lee is, and he's highly regarded, and that's great. Yeah. Um, I do try to slip in some Kirby talk in there because oh, I feel like that's important. Yeah. But it is. You know, get people to think that it's possible. Yeah. You know, because those guys weren't those guys until they were those guys. Yeah. And you know, it all starts somewhere. And if it's your first time picking up a pencil and you jot down an idea for a story. Um, if it's on you create materials or that's what inspired you, then I've done my job. So, yeah. you know, that's what it's all about is really trying to give back to the medium that's done so much for me. Yeah. You mentioned too, just in, as far as inspiration goes in your writing, I know Anthony, uh, he can chime in on this one, uh, but you had mentioned invincible, uh, yes. inspired some of your, your stories and stuff like that. I, I didn't, I, I'm slack and I didn't watch, uh, the show, but Anthony, uh, is the resident uh, expert on that. He read he read the source material, watched the cartoon, everything. Um, so what would you say from that was like one of the biggest uh, inspirations, some of your stories? So it's, okay, so I have to go back quite a ways, even before Van and Gen House even, to talk about how heavy of an influence Invincible was. Nice. So, all right, so I, I got into this series around issue four. And how long did that come out? I, in 2003. Oh, wow. Like, Invincible is actually, in terms of publication, is older than The Walking Dead. Yeah, like wow. it started. They started in the same year, but Invincible started like in the spring, mm -hmm. and Walking Dead didn't come out till that fall. Um, but I, I got onto it issue four. It was featured in Wizard Magazine, and I was like, "What is this book like?" And I'm reading up about it, and it's like this fun sort of take on you know, the Superman ish trope or Superman junior type trope. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, this is cool. Let me, let me read this. And I get the first trade, I think, um, which I think had like up to issue six in it. And then that's when it hits the fan mm -hmm. and I jump in and I've, I've been a fan since like, I literally have, um, I've had like different issues, individual issues over the years and I've gotten rid of them in favor of the trades, but there are some that I've still kept because I just love the actual books themselves. Yeah. But it was, it was such a fun ride. Like it was probably the first book that I read that made me feel like I was a writer Yeah. because I was quote unquote predicting where it was going. Mm, and that's nice. not to like poo on Kirkman under any circumstance, no. but it was like, if I could pick up the threads that you're laying out yeah. and, and think ahead to where I, I would take it, and if it's in the same lineup, I'm like, oh, snap. Like, I must be a good writer, too. Yeah, and I feel like that. I'm sorry to cut you off, but that oh, that's no, no, no. a testament 100 percent to Kirkman. I think he 100%. would totally take that as a million percent because yeah. I felt the same way reading it. And yes. when I, I couldn't wait to read the next because I read it like after the fact in the compendiums. And I literally, okay. dude, I would pick it up and it would be four hours later. And I'm like, still, I'm like, all right, one more. Yeah. All right, and one you're so more. happy. Bro, so the happy. happiest. And Ryan Otley, too. Tip of the oh cap to God. him for his God. bloody gore that he puts in there. Genius. He is, he is he's fantastic. Anyway. Um, and I got to give a shout out to Corey Walker, the original artist as well. Oh, yes, so, yes. Okay, so here's the funny thing. So 2003, um, Invincible comes out. I actually start writing um, another series. Uh, it's for my buddy, Mike Watson, of Freestyle Comics. And Freestyle Comics is still up uh, to this day, so you can still check them out. Um, it's Freestyle and then Comics with a K, K-O-M-I-C-S. Right. Um, and I wrote his uh, flagship title, Hot Shot. And at the time, like I'm basing you know, a lot of takes on Hot Shot off of Spider-Man, but I'm getting into Invincible, so I'm really seeing like how 
Invincible is really kind of leading the way in terms of the stories that I'm trying to tell. And so we, you know, I wrote it in 2003. Um, you know, it takes a little while to get things started on the indie market. So the first issue doesn't come out until 2006. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it, it takes a little time. Yeah. But we end up getting into a, a, a little uh, <laughs> spat, if you will, yeah. with Eric Larson. Because I mean, this is back before Twitter, before Facebook, or anything like that. But we we were on their message boards. We flat out said, "Dare to compare us, right?" Yeah. Like we we were like, put Invincible up against Hotshot or Hotshot against Invincible, and we think that we have a viable product. And we shared it, right? Like we put it on their their message boards, our forums, all kinds of stuff like that. And Eric Larson ripped into us. Was mm. like, "This book isn't good enough to even." you know, lick Invincible's boots, like, what's wrong with you, da, da, da. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, and he roasted us. Yeah. And we're like, well, the thing is, is Invincible is the best superhero book in our opinion. So if we're going to do this, we want to be compared to the best. Yeah. So we're going to go for Invincible. And if we're not there yet, cool, tell us how to get there. But we're going to shoot that shot. Yeah. Because that's the only way that we'll ever actually know if we've got the chops or not, if yeah. we just kind of did our own thing and stayed in our corner, we wouldn't know, you know, we wouldn't know if there was something that we need to push or anything like that. And so we, we went for it. Yeah. And like I said, Larson shut us down, but Corey Walker was really like, he was the sweetest man and was like, you know what, if these guys are trying, let them try. Like yeah. that's, that's awesome that they, that they think that we're good enough to be the benchmark. And yeah. He understood where we were coming from, which I appreciated tremendously, endlessly. Yeah, um, cool. I doubt he even remembers this. But, <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where it was like such a great motivator um, to see a member of that creative team that we looked up to so thoroughly and was like, yeah, kid, keep keep shooting. You Dude, know? that um, makes me so sad that one of my I mean, one of my heroes, Eric Larson, along with Lee, along with Todd McFarlane, the the forefathers of independent comics can go ahead and shit on you like that when you're like clearly benchmarking like in my opinion as well i agree with you one of the best stories ever written and he just shits on you for if you guys don't know who eric larson is the creator of savage dragon and one of the forefathers of image comics oh cool yeah dude i'm sure it's better I'm sure and it's I, hold, I hold no no ill will towards him. Yeah, no, I no. think really what it what it was was we were probably better marketers than we were comic creators. Hell so yeah. in his estimation, he thought that we were really coming with something on their level because that's how we were talking about it. Yeah. And you know, it it gave me the right education of you know being excited about something, but then creating the full breadth of what we're talking about because he really, we, we really only at that point talked about how we wanted people to compare the two. Yeah. We didn't even get far enough into the equation of, okay, well, how can we make our book better if you don't feel like it's up to par? Cause he kind of shut it down. He literally kicked us out of the message boards. Um, <laughs> and that was, you said that was in 2003. That, well, no, that was, that was oh, like 2000, 2006 or so. Oh, okay. Okay. When this, when this went down, this was like oh, 2008 got it, got it. or so. Wait, like the, it was, it was a couple years later. But the book, the book started in 2003. It got, 
he put it out in 2006 and then got to got across their desk some way or another in 2008. Yeah, because we shared. I mean, we're talking early days of sharing PDFs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. This is and, yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, like he he saw the artwork. There was no was like there was no Dropbox. Eh. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is this is super pre. Now was, was that this also was... like the, the first kind of major thing that you had written at that point? Yes, yes, it wow. absolutely was. I mean, so that's like, pretty huge in itself to like you know get. Uh, you Attention. know, get the eyes of those people, uh, Absolutely. you know, on this. Yeah, yeah, that's huge, man. Oh, we took it as a total success. Yeah, Even yeah. You didn't spank like that. We yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> it's a good hurt. That's that McGregor. <laughs> that's that McGregor effect. You got to come in with the get the publicity going. And if you 100%. get knocked out, you still you made it. Yeah, exactly. Because you're like, oh, he knocked you out. I was like, wait, who knocked me out? One of the greatest in the world. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He did. Yeah, he did. But I was in that ring. You're like, yeah, oh, damn. Yeah, we were there. Yeah, just just being on the card is is uh, uh you know we showed up. Right win. <laughs> so exactly, I listening to your origin story and and all that. It's like super reminiscent of of like how I got into. It. I mean, I was a big reader. My mom would bring me to like the library and all that. That's awesome. And then like you know, I would always just vo- venture towards like uh, like high fantasy and all that stuff. Lord of the Rings, okay. The Hobbit, and then like. I loved imagining it in my eyes and then I would, I would draw it. And my mom's like, Ooh, like one of our friends has, has a comic book store. Why don't we go check it out? And then that kind of like launched me into it. And it was X-Men for me. So like, Oh my God. Yeah. Romita, like the early Romita days with the bulky characters and, like yo, I I fight people that diss John Romita Jr. Yo, like, yes. no joke, for real. I'll He's throw down. One of my favorites. Then you had the Lee, the Jim Lees, like who was similar. Yep. I don't know. That was like the the golden age for me. But like as I got older, I realized that my drawing never really took off to a professional level, and I started writing. But this is one of the questions I have for you because yeah. you are the hardest working man in. Uh. Thank period you. we could just stop there <laughs> yeah and bro i wrote i had like two stories that i was i was developing and writing i like went online googled everything and i still haven't completed any any one of the two stories somehow they melted together it's your, li- it's your life's work it is my life's work it might come out for my son <laughs> to finish writing <laughs> okay but how do you find the the artistic like drive or like how do you get out of that block of like where you find yourself in a dead end? Like what, oh what God, drives you? Question. I know, I know it's a rough one because it's basically more of a self-help thing for me. No, 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 no. It's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a very real question. And I think what ends up happening more often than not is people do put themselves in a corner and they don't know how to get out. So here's my secret sauce. And I, I developed this over the years. And it's and it's going to be the strangest, most seemingly counterproductive thing possible, but it's absolutely true. What I do is I try to write multiple stories at one time. So the reason why I say this is obviously you think you know conventional wisdom is you sit down, you write a story, you move on to the next one. But if you do get stuck, then you can't get to the next one, and you're constantly like almost beating yourself up for being stuck on the one that you're on. Mm-hmm. So my thing is is if I have multiple stories that could be different flavors, different characters, different styles, the whole nine. I can bounce around as inspiration hits me 
And I do this process that, excuse my French, I call fuck around and finish. And what <laughs> it encourage is, cursing. I, okay, good. Um, so <laughs> what I do is I just bounce around until I accidentally finish something. Yeah. And what, what happens is it keeps me fresh. Every time I approach something, it's because I want to work on it. I've got a new idea and I want to explore it. So I'm interested in doing that thing. Mm. And the moment that that starts to wane, I go pick something else to work on. And yeah. so... I constantly get this flow of creativity that never seems to die because anytime I start to lose interest in the project, I switch to something else and then come back to it when it circles back around, when I get a new idea for that thing. So you having two stories is actually better for you because you can bounce back and forth between them and it's not a rut. It's well, not, oh, God, I got to get this one thing done. You made me feel so much better because I have seven. <laughs> I really have seven. I just said two, to be completely honest with you. Yes, and, yes. Bro, and I thought it was a disease because <laughs> no, I was writing so many things. Creative, but yeah, you just made me feel so much better about it. Because if you go through, if I sent you my notes app right now, you'd be like, yo, I know who this guy is. It's the Listen. less talented version of me. Because, <laughs> Come on, get out of here. No, I here. need to check it Listen, out. And can, you know we what? We can compare notes apps, and I'm sure mine looks exactly like yours. <laughs> I think we need to talk about our futures together uh, after this Say podcast. Less. Say less. So, <laughs> anyway, back to the interview. I might be able to write that story after, after all. Of course you can. Thanks for answering that question, because... I know there's a lot of people, I'm sure, listening who, who are doing their mundane jobs because they're afraid to go do the creative thing because they're, yeah. they're not ready or they don't have the confidence, me, to go ahead and, and like put yourself out there. So any tips, especially that one, is, dude, so, so awesome. Okay, so let me tell you right now. My other self-moniker is I'm the excuse killer. Um, nice. So... I left a cushy state job um, to make comics full time and ask any, you know, adults of the generation before us, they'll tell you that when it comes to government work, there's city work, which is good you work for the state. That's better. The only thing that's better than that is working for the federal government. Like you get in a Fetty Gov job, you don't quit until yeah. they kick you out. Yeah. And that's that. Um, and so working for the state is really, really good. You don't like if you get into a state job, you don't leave. So I'm the guy that I worked for the state for five years and I hated it. I woke up every day wanting to make comics. And, and it was that thing that just gnawed at me until I decided I can't not make comics anymore. This has to be what I get to do when I wake up first thing in the morning. It's what I'm thinking about when I'm going to bed. I need to go make comics. I was 27, 28 mm. at the time. Yeah, I was 28. Um, when I was like, you know what, screw this. I'm putting in my two weeks and wow. it was crazy. So like my father worked for the state as well. Um, he still, he still does actually. And when I told him what I was doing, he would, I mean, he cussed me out. He was like, <laughs> you are out of your mind. You're married. You got kids. What's wrong with you? Da, 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 da. Um, actually at the time, my, my wife and I, we were, we were separated, but still I'm like, he's like, you got kids. You can't do this. Yeah. And so I'm like, but dad. I need to, I have to do this. I said, I tell you what, here's my, here's my deal with you. I'm doing this no matter what. Like, I'm gonna tell you that right now. I said, but I will do this for three years. That's my window. If it doesn't work in three years, I'll come back, 
start all over at the state if I have to. Put yeah. in my 30 years and retire like a good little boy. 61 years <laughs> old, yeah. I'll retire then. It's fine. Yeah. And he's, I mean, you know, conventional wisdom, right? You don't leave a state job. He's like, if you do this, don't ask me for nothing. I said, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. More than fair. Um, I took my retirement that I had built up over five years, measly $15,000. Mm. But that's how I started making comics full time. I you paid my rent for a year. And you stayed you know, in Ohio though? Uh, or stayed in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Listen, that was, that was part of my success. I ain't going to front. Listen, if you're not in Ohio, let me tell y'all right now, the cost of living where I, where I'm from is so glorious. Oh, I bet. It's yeah. not funny. Right. Like I literally, um, my, my wife and I, my, my new wife, um, we bought our house about six years ago. It's a newly renovated at the time four bedroom, technically four bedrooms house, uh, two bathrooms for less than a hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow. And, yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 for the neighborhood that we're in, we technically overpaid at the time. So <laughs> yeah. So so yes, being being where I am was a factor in how I could do what I've done, without question. But the thing about it is it's all about preparation, right? Yeah. If you're not ready to pull the trigger and make this your full-time job, still create every chance you get you can be a weekend warrior i was for years and i would go to what two maybe three conventions a year and you know it would be wizard world chicago uh c2e2 after it started um i would do what was called mid ohio comic con which became wizard world columbus after they sold it and then sporadically started doing a couple more regional shows over the years before i quit to do comics full time. And that was that was enough for a while. It just got to a point where I wanted to do it more. Yeah. And that's when I just went went for it. You know what I mean? Um that's also yeah. a great piece of advice though for people, you know, that want to start something out. And it reminded me of one of my favorite quotes, if you don't mind me uh sharing yeah, yeah. this with you real quick. It's a quote from uh from Arthur Ashe and it's start where you are, use what you have and do what you can. And it was a genius. And he dude, was an absolute genius. Yeah, and just by you staying in Ohio, like you said, just the just the the cost of living, you know, because at that point you have kids, you, you know, you have a family, you have responsibilities. So to to leave, you know, a guaranteed thing and you know, good money, pension, all that stuff, to go out on a limb and, and do your own thing, you know, what you're passionate about, even more commendable than all the other things that you've already told us. I mean, that's that's Thank huge. You. Thank I mean, you. and I think a lot of people can relate to that too. It's just taking that initial risk, you know, and a lot, but a lot of people too, it, depending on the industry, they want to move to New York or they want to move to LA, right? you know, and they're just jumping in a bigger pond. And then also the cost of living is like skyrocketing at that point. So that's really cool though, that you made your name in Ohio and then now, you know, you're branching off and you're doing all these conventions and stuff like that. Had you started, had you maybe felt the need to move to a New York and LA, it obviously would have been a, a very different outcome because then you just totally got a whole other piece. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool, man. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, and to that point, even I, I, I want to tell people like, don't chase the place. Do, do your best thing. Yeah. Like that's it. Like, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter where you are, especially now we're in a global space yeah. with the internet and everything you can create wherever you are and make it, you know, or put it in front of people. Yeah. Like that's, that's absolutely true. And, and I do got to give my dad credit. Um, in in being a father myself, I 100 million percent understand exactly where he was coming from. Oh, sure. I've even told my sons that, you know, there there will be things that you want to do in life that even I will tell you, I think it's too risky. Don't do it. 
Yeah. If you really want it, do it anyway. Yeah. And they're like, but dad, I'm like, nah, don't, don't let anybody, not even me deter you from what is absolutely your dream. Yeah. Like I, I there, there's going to be stuff that I'm not going to understand. And my father now is literally one of my biggest fans because he saw me stick to it. First of all, he appreciated the fact that I was willing to go up against him mm-hmm. and be like, no, this is what I want. Yeah. And he was like, well, damn it. I know you really want it because, yeah. you know, anybody else would be like, oh, my dad said, no, I guess can't. <laughs> like, I guess, I guess you're just gonna be mad at me, pop. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yep. And he's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. now you, now you're a man. Now yeah. you get to, now you get to speak with a, with a higher level volume in my house. Because you can't let me do that. Say it with you know your chest. I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And uh, I swear, like we were just talking about this. Like I doing moves like this has made it so that now my father is my friend. Yeah. Like, because he doesn't have to be my dad anymore. Yeah. He's my friend. And he is he is literally one of my biggest fans and so mad proud of the things that I've I've done. And especially because, you know, one of the first obstacles that I ever overcame was him. Yeah. And he's like, that's the way you do it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the way you did it. Talk, talk about the, the oldest uh, uh, trope, older than time itself. It's the uh, it's the son trying to, you know, gain the respect of his father. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And funny enough, it was after I quit in October of 2010, it was that following spring in 2011 that like any animosity he had towards what I did died yeah. when uh i launched the you create line and he he found out what i was doing which he's he's a big proponent of, of working with kids and and especially urban inner city kids that don't have as many opportunities so he loved yeah. that and then i told him about my first paid gigs and he was like you make how much an hour yeah that, <laughs> that's always the best when you're doing something <laughs> In that space, the entertainment space, if you're like a performer or anything like that, you yes. get, a, you get an, a good payday from it. Like, a, you know, I'm a musician myself, so it's like, uh, oh, yeah. you know, getting, you know, a few hundred dollars for like a couple of hours. The same, same type of reaction. Exactly. It's like, wait, how much? <laughs> yeah. For how long? You did what? And, and, then, and, oh. then, and then the classic dad joke immediately after. They, they hiring? <laughs> you know, like, can you I help? It? Oh, my God. Hey, I'll, be, listen, I'll be your roadie. He's, <laughs> listen, he's, he's teased me because I'm a junior. Uh-huh. And so he's like, you know, you didn't put junior on that. So I, <laughs> I was like, really, dad? Legally, that's mine. You're killing me. You're killing me. I, I'm just saying, you know, you didn't put junior. It could be me. And I was like, okay. Oh, man, that's good. Too funny. You know, you had shared something with us uh, that was a bit of like, you know, classified news at the time of the convention. Yes, yes. We can talk about it. I swear, in light of what we were just talking about, this is going to be, be like the biggest humble brag ever. Um, <laughs> go for it man that, that's what that's why we so, have you on man just share share what you, you got thank you and it doesn't have to okay, be humble. so yeah if you guys are listening to this uh the week of thanksgiving just last week um it was announced that i uh as, through my imprint vanish house productions have signed the first look deal with aha media mm. um that means everything that i've published through my imprint um is up for development for cartoon movie tv series um, I actually pushed for video games as well. And they were like, wait, we don't have anybody in video games. I was like, get somebody in video games. <laughs> I want it all. Um, and so, yeah, that's everything that I have published and everything that I will publish, they get the first look at developing it for other media. So very cool. Very cool. Thank Congrats, you. man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. That's huge. Um, yeah, we, we, it started off with a particular deal that I still can't talk about that particular deal, all right. but, um, <laughs> It's gone. It's gone well enough that they extended the uh, 
invite for everything to be under consideration. And oh, um, cool. already we're talking about how we're going to, you know, punch 2022 in the mouth and <laughs> what projects of mine uh, we're going to look into first. Um, and I do mean projects, yeah. multiples. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I know, got about already... I got about eight books on my ottoman right now, all all, good, by, all made good. by yours truly. And and I said thank at you, the at the time of the convention uh, that Kindergartens that that is like I just like lo- I, I just I just love the name. Thank and, you. And, and thank with you. all the and you know it's like you know we uh, well Ant's got uh, a newborn. Um, you know I have uh, some unofficial nieces and nephews and stuff like that. And and the cartoon selection for for them it's it's not the greatest. So if you could get right. something in there. And this kindergartens could get picked up by like a cartoon Man, network. Man, wouldn't that, that that would be some you know, good from, news from, if I from could my say lips that to one. God's ears? Hopefully that happens. Hey, talk to him. It's <laughs> for sweet nothings, man. <laughs> Jesus, tell him how you feel. That's all I want. Jesus. Uh, that's, and then you know you never know too with the the MCU ever growing uh, and ever producing. Maybe you could get your hand in some of that and well, cor- maybe course correct some of these things. Bring it on, man. Bring it, listen, <laughs> oh, see, there you go. You're about to open up a door. I'm about to be judgmental. Uh, let's let's get I, into it. Let's get into it. <laughs> I just saw Shang Chi right. this weekend. Finally, did you? Yeah, okay. I was waiting for. Uh, I was waiting for the uh, the release on Disney Plus, and then with Fair Disney game. Plus Fair Day game. came out. I still got to see Eternals. I've heard you know that's had some polarizing reviews, but I do like your comment here. That's why I do want to get into it. Well, okay. So so I'm gonna say that the Shadow of the Infinity Saga yes is too long. Mm-hmm. For these new movies to escape, yeah, I agree with that That's wholeheartedly. My yeah, yeah, it, they were also so successful. It's it's going to be hard to top that. Also, set the bar incredibly high, and the expectation by the fans that will never. I mean, how how many months have you been hearing Mephisto? Uh, you know, theories. I mean, I still think it's Mephisto. <laughs> well, for, yeah, right. Well, for Spider Man, I I actually do think it's Mephisto. No, 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 I'm still holding on to Wandavision. I still think Rob Bonner was was Mephisto. Okay? Oh yeah. All right. All right. I'm holding on to that. I'm holding on to it with a passion. Oh, have Mephisto. You, have you seen Eternals yet? Yes. And at, where would you where would you put that one? Same place I would uh, Shang Chi underneath everything. Really? Oh, you didn't like Shang Chi. So okay, here let me let me be frank about this. Yeah, please. When it comes to me being a writer, mm-hmm. I I pick apart story. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Like yeah. hardcore. Yeah, right? yeah. Now, even though I pick apart stories, and I can say the story is bad, that doesn't mean I don't like it. Yeah. Um, because I will tell you, story wise, I thought Endgame was terrible, okay. but I loved the experience of Endgame. Like, yeah. I will I will still literally watch. Fan reaction videos of Cap catching Mjolnir. Oh, dude, I still get I still get chills when I watch those because that. Oh god! Oh god! Okay, yeah. Just hearing the audience reaction. I mean, that's that's what I miss most about movies. I I do like watching stuff at home, but when you watch a major franchise like that, like opening night or weekend, and you're at a packed out theater and everybody's cheering and applauding for certain moments, like man, it really just adds a whole nother level to that scene. It's it makes beautiful. it that much more. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I still get absolutely chills. beautiful. Yeah. So, so what I think the MCU is lacking right now is an editor that looks at what came before and makes the proper suggestions of things that should be included so that the new stuff actively feels like it's a part of what came before. Yeah. And not just, not just somebody referencing the blip. 
and then right. m- moving on real quick. And then moving on because <laughs> mm-hmm. and because that's that's the thing, right? Like yeah. that's literally my point. Because when people mention the blip, yeah, and they're so flippant about it, yeah, you almost forget. Like you'll literally half the world. I know. <laughs> they mention it in passing, like it was like, yeah, there's a little traffic jam on the highway today. Right. It's like <laughs> no, you're like half of life no. went away for five years. Went away, like. <laughs> It's 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 one of those things where you're like, yo, you after the blip, Shang Chi spoilers, you decided to valet cars, bro. I know that. <laughs> like yeah, that, that was that was a weird one too. Yeah. I mean, it, like <laughs> you came all you know this way. Like, did you did you not know anybody who disappeared? Like, did you did you did you disappear? Like, we yeah. we Wait, have no context. He was just waiting for that job to open up. Yeah, <laughs> something right. Like, like what, Do- what Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange is making like the rings for everybody to come out in Endgame. And then Shang-Chi's like, oh, dude, could you just drop me off at the uh, uh, Hyundai dealership? I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just gotta, put in a resume I wanna, five I years ago. Call. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see what's up. They need some help. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. it's tough. Yeah, they, they definitely, they dug a gigantic hole. It's going to be hard for them to, to get out of, I feel like. It Very feels like they are putting down the the concrete, though, with bringing like you know, the moon nights back, like she hole. This is like a different, this is like another stepping stone, which I think you'll agree that it's, it's needed for the universe. Cause mm-hmm. we got like our big, you know, your big star superheroes out of the way. Now it's time for like the, the Mrs. Marvel for like the beeline. You know, the, say it, the beeline, say it. No, wait, they're wait. not beelines. These are like, <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. I these mean, are, I, cause I, we can definitely say that these but, are like cultural. No, but they're like culturally important yeah, characters right. for like that. We, Mrs. Marvel, she Hulk, right. Moon Knight for like, we were just talking about that last week episode, yeah. like Moon Knight, the mentally ill, you know, also right. real quick. Spoil. I mean, I don't particularly care about spoilers. I, I know the end credit scenes and stuff in Eternals also got stuff setting up blade. That, yes. Bro, Blade, that, I'm ready That for. sounded really cool. Prepare I, my body. Yes. Yeah. Blade um, was the are, one that kicked it off, though. What's that? That kicked off all the great movies. I, yeah. Okay, see, now now we're about to be unfriendly because I disagree with that. <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> I disagree with that. Yeah, I don't know if no, Wesley Snipes' Blade movies is... Like, I loved those movies. I, I'm not saying okay. they were bad, but... No, 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 no. They were fantastic. Yeah. The, 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 here's, the, here's the truisms that I come at with people... Um, because it is, it is very common to hear that sentiment and it's not wrong on its face, but if you take like the way back machine and you really look at stuff. So one blade didn't look like that, right? Like mm-hmm. he didn't look like what Wesley Snipes looked like the black leather and all that stuff. Yeah, no, he didn't yeah. look anything like that. So for a lot of people, they had no understanding that he was a Marvel comics character. Mm-hmm. Sure. It said it, yeah. but they didn't know what that was. Like they didn't have any reference to it. I would say that the real kickoff to this era of superhero movies is X-Men. That's when we really understood what that was Yeah, because we had, we had more of a context, whether it was from the, the nineties cartoon, which is coming back, coming back. Up. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about saying. that. Yeah. yeah. Super excited about that. Yeah. Um, but that was the first one that we ever really had real context to what that was versus what they showed us on the screen. I don't think we really had that for Blade at the time. No. Yeah. But Blade was like as a young reader of Blade, where I had to sneak that in the, the comic book <laughs> pile because my mom wouldn't let me read that shit. But I would I would sneak that in. But then watching the movie, you're like, uh, this is like Dust till dawn shit but like yeah, i still yeah. enjoyed the hell out of it but great, great movie oh, by it's the way it's amazing yeah um both both yeah and then the x-men i agree i i think you're right maybe i need to restep my uh my line here and say 
like that was their gauge to be like, how do we feel about putting people in suits again on screen? Yes. Like yes. Superman, you can get away with it. Batman, no problem. Yeah, they're in their little undies, but they're <laughs> Batman and Superman. But like, so what, it's fine. Yeah, right. Because they're they're icons. But then like you have the X Men, which I can say I think is the most. I think it's the best collection of superheroes in my opinion. I love them because they weren't superhumans; they were mutants. Yeah, and I right. found a, like a little thing. Like I'm like, oh, they were the outcasts, the the looked down upon, the the like, you know, the dogs of of the That's generation. Right. And yeah. and you like found these like coming of age tales coming out of them, and you were like, this is awesome. Led by Logan and Wolverine. Well, Wolverine. Yeah. So you were just like drawn <laughs> to these characters, and like we were just saying before. The 97 X-Men return, bro, new underwear on its yes. way. I just ordered <laughs> yes. it from Amazon. I'm all for and it. they have I'm Cyclops on them. And Big they have Cyclops. Nice. On that one. <laughs> but That's no, awesome. I, I, I hear what you're saying. But Blade. Yeah, this is, this is my little nitpick that I, I like to no, let people. It. And I'm like, yeah, but what about this? And they're like, damn it. <laughs> you're kind of right, though. And I'm like, you yeah. Are. I mean, because on its, on its face, like, no front. If we were to say, like, you know, really like to go back, you say um, Dolph Lundgren's Punisher was successful and that's why Blade got to be made. Like, yes. what? where do you actually give it the credit? The The really messed up weird part, though, is if you go back and, and, and look, Blade was released by New Line, which was actually owned by Warner Brothers. Yeah. So, uh -huh. like, in a weird sort of way, DC Comics put out Blade yeah. <laughs> instead of Marvel. So, that would explain why it was so dark and edgy. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> Full of Super angst. Edgy. All of it. Is there anything in the future of the MCU right now that you are excited about or you think they are doing well? Um, I am, I am very excited about uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah, me, me too. I'm very big, excited about big that. Big Natalie Portman fan. And is Taika, Taika is doing that, right? Taika's, Taika's doing, doing that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Taika's doing that big one. Fan so, I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Um, I'm still nervous about Black Panther 2. Um. Yeah. I I I have very strong feelings. Um. Narratively, it's always about story for me. Yeah. About them not recasting T'Challa. I, um, I think the same thing too. Yeah. I I I've gotten into it. People literally over the interwebs in person. I fight anybody. <laughs> um. Where I'm like, yo, they. It based on story, it doesn't make sense for yeah. them not to have T'Challa. Like you, you can't do it. Yeah. And you know, people, oh, well, he died. And I'm like, I hear you on this one. I said, but in the first Black Panther movie, his dad was dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, did he see his dad? Well, yes. Then you should be able to see T'Challa. Okay. Like you can't, you can't just suddenly decide like, all oh, this dude is dead and therefore we're just not going to talk about it. Yeah. Because yeah. in the spirit realm, you, you show like he could still be there. Yeah. And then they double down on it with what if when Killmonger goes to the spirit realm, and sees T'Challa there. I'm like, guys, yeah. look, what are you doing? You said it yourself. Like, yeah. He has to be there. If he yeah. dies or not, he's got to be there. Yeah, I, I, like I feel, obviously Chadwick was was such a great actor, and he did such a great job with the role. But I don't, oh, yeah. I don't know if he was in the role long enough for you to not be able to recast it. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. You but know what I mean? Didn't the his sister in the movie uh, Suri or whatever? Isn't she supposed to take up the? The mantle of Black Panther. Or? We will see. Oh, all right. We don't we know that. See. I thought I read something too recently that they shut down production because something happened with her. They did. She got hurt. Uh, um, and 
she she is unfortunately an anti-vaxxer. So uh, wherever they were filming, they're not letting her back in because oh, wow. she's not vaccinated. Oh, wow. She, she, was she the Aaron Rodgers of the MCU? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. There's always one somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. A, a little Spider-Man quote. Everybody gets one. Right. Everybody. <laughs> Tell them, Peter. Everybody gets one. Oh, my God. That's the one I'm looking forward to the most. I'm looking forward to Far From Home. I've, uh, you know, as my, I mean, Spider-Man for me growing up, that was, I collected Spider-Man comics and Superman. So right. that was always my favorite too. Okay. And, and Spider-Man more so because just related to Relatable, his yeah. character more than obviously a Kryptonian that could just lift up cars. At <laughs> of course. Birth, you know, so that was always the most interesting to me. And then like over the years, you know, get finally get in the Tobey Maguire one, which is really the start of all that stuff. Because I think the success Absolutely. of that movie was like, yo, people like this stuff. It was the first time you saw Spider-Man on screen like that. And, uh, you know, Spider-Man 3, you know, left some to be desired there. Yeah. But, uh, you know what? I didn't, Wait, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, change I didn't, your opinion on Spider-Man 3 Victor, right don't well, you dare. I, no, but dude. <laughs> don't you dare. Well, I'll I'm supposed say this. to hate I'll, this. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't hate the movie at all. I think I there's did. just, there's some scenes that are just god awful uh, and, I mean, and, yes. and, and laughable in that one. But I, I'm, I, I'm most just bummed out with that one because i don't know why they felt the need to focus on like sandman and stuff like you can't you have venom in that movie why they you know only devoted the last like 15 minutes to that uh portrayal of them here's the messed up crazy part okay this is me attempting to assuage anybody that's listening yeah that spider-man 3 is actually one of the most comic booky movies that we've ever had Okay. okay This one, this one was dedicated to the comic fans. Yeah. Here's how you know this. They put Gwen Stacy in there, right? Yeah. We know uh, we, uh, how important Gwen is. The Ron Howard's daughter. Was exactly. It, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm a fan of hers. Oh, me sure too. Um, <laughs> yeah, real, real, just quick aside. When yeah. she's running from the T-Rex... In Yo, uh, in uh, my favorite. That's like Jurassic that's World. like that's like one of the best scenes of anybody running in every mo- in any movie it's ever. Amazing, like and Tom she's Cruise doing it in heels. Out. She's doing it in heels facts. for Christ's sake. I mean, facts. come on. Anyways, big facts. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, so okay, so we know who uh, uh, Gwen Stacy is, right? I mean, yeah. this is before Spider Gwen and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. We know how important she is to Peter Parker's story. Yeah, absolutely. So that little love triangle. Is just a little nod, a little push sure, yeah. to what we know as comic book fans. Yeah. But the biggest nod to us being comic fans, they never name Venom, but we all know who it is. Mm-hmm. They never call him that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you that's can't, how you know it's for the. You for the can't comic call fans. him that because of the atro- atrocity that we saw on the screen <laughs> in the CGI. Hey, Dude, let me that listen. Piss me yo, off. Topher Grace is a gift to comics. No, <laughs> I mean. Even, Bro. I mean, I didn't hate Topher. No, I no, I didn't hate I it did. either. And 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 you and and you definitely believe. I, honestly, that was my favorite arc in the stories of all the characters that were involved because you really believe his hatred for Peter. And when oh, he's yeah. when he's in the church, like literally praying to like Dear get God. to get vengeance on Peter Parker. Can you help me kill Peter Parker? I don't know who feels <laughs> uh, bold enough to ask God to help me kill him. <laughs> yeah, him. seriously. That not get, such not a get struck move. by a lightning bolt as soon as you exactly. finish the prayer. Bro, I want to be in the writer's room when they pitch that idea. <laughs> when he's, he's in That's the amazing. church and the symbiote falls from the bell and he's screaming that, God, let me kill Peter Parker. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, what is this stuff? I don't. But my, was that Eddie or Flash? I can't remember. 
that's that was, Eddie Brock. That was Eddie. Yeah. Right. That was yeah. Eddie. Okay. Because yeah. I Flash, I and Flash is better for me. All that's right. just me. Well, Flash, Flash is the uh, uh, Flash Thompson. Yeah, he's he's portrayed by the was he Indian in the new trilogy of yeah, Spider? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's I, I mean, my, yeah. I like him as Venom. But you know, it's funny. Like, so for me, that movie, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I just, I just didn't like. I felt like to me they should have played more on that arc, like you were saying with the love triangle stuff, the Eddie Brock, and had that develop earlier in the movie instead of like the end of the third act. Uh, but okay. I, I mean, but I, I did like it. I mean, I was always the biggest fan and, and gave the most slack to Spider Man. And then for me, it was like, it was always like you know. So then like, you get used to Tobey Maguire, and then they announce a reboot, and then and then you find out that Andrew Garfield. And then I'm like hating on Andrew Garfield because I'm like Team Toby. <laughs> and then I saw the the two Amazons, and I, I like those. Um, and then I was like, all right, Andrew Garfield did a good job. And I'd said to these guys too, I feel like Tom Holland for me has been the first first one that is a good representation of Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And yes. Tobey Maguire, I felt like, was a, it was a great Peter Parker. But the Spider-Man's mm-hmm. like, eh. Andrew Garfield had more of, like, the, like that snarkiness, uh, you know, with the joking around while he was Spider-Man. Didn't really buy the Peter Parker as much. But I well, like, his Peter Parker was actually cool. Like you were I meant liked, to be his Peter yeah. Parker. Yeah, that's yeah, not yeah, right. yeah. That's like, not the right Peter. It's like, wait, this guy's getting girls before the powers. <laughs> yeah, the but f- that's, <laughs> that's, like, wait a minute. <laughs> but the nineties you know, put him down. You're like, yeah, I would put him down. Peter <laughs> but the the seventeen inch neck Peter Parker from the nineties Spider Man <laughs> show. Oh. Come on, that was my dude. He was macking it with the ladies. <laughs> Remember the episode with Lizard and and Venom. With Flash, classic, and, and he's like, he's at with this blonde. I don't even remember who it was. It wasn't Gwen, but he was like with some blonde at the lab, and they're like, I wonder what happened with Professor. And he's like just macking it with her, and then like Lizard shows <laughs> Yo, Peter up. Peter had game, bro. Yo, Pete, that was who I see Andrew Garfield as, just not as okay. as okay. jacked, because yeah. again, that '90s level of uh, like the picturesque of like who they were like the thick shoulders and the thick neck and you're like this kid's supposed to be 17 i don't know he's 17 inch yeah. neck i think after tom holland i think after tom holland i think they asked dwayne the rock johnson to play peter parker wow no wow. he said he was too small no it was batista they were like, oh, that's right. that's- you, you can do spider-man right yeah. He'd probably be he'd probably be good. Tell me this, oh, right? He would, he would love it. He should he should have been cast as Bane. Yo, but Batista looks like Bane, like already, no makeup, like he totally does, does. doesn't need anything. Why don't they cast he him? Totally does. I wonder if they're ever gonna make Bane an appropriate character in any movie. But um, I mean, how bad is it that I like the Bane in what was that? Batman Forever or Batman and Robin? Batman and Robin. Like at, at this That's point, the furthest. Yo, no, but at this point, the Bane from that movie was probably more comic book accurate than anything. No, Ed Hardy. Well, Ed Hardy, Tom Hardy, <laughs> Tom completely Hardy, different. Tom Hardy said that he was trying to do a Spanish accent, and that's what came out. I don't know. This he needs a dialect coach big time because yeah, th- yeah, there's those yeah, clips that, that went no around Spanish the Spanish. Yeah, every accent he's tried to do for any movie, people are like. Where where are you from? What are you doing? <laughs> what is this why, from? why are you doing this? Oh man, did you see the new one? The uh, the was it Venom uh, Carnage? Let Venom Carnage? Too? Of course, of course. Yeah, I wanted. To, I, I got to see that too. I'm slacking. How'd, how'd you like that one? Um, it it was an experience. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm I'm glad that I saw it. Yeah, 
the end credit, of course, is the thing that everybody's going to be talking about. Well, for yeah, a that's long time. that's what ties it into the the MCU, right? Yeah. 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 See, see, for me, in the first, the, the thing that tied it to the MCU was uh, our guy Stan Lee's cameo in the first one. Uh, so yes, once you yes. see Stan Lee making a cameo in the movie, you know it, it's well, part he, of the family. That's his boy. Yeah, well, yeah that's he, well, his baby. See, now you can't really say that because Stan was in the X-Men movies, too. True. Yeah. Yeah. So a yeah. oh, quick, quick thing. Um, I could say that about everything. But okay. uh, Venom. I yeah. think is probably one of the coolest anti-hero slash turned into heroes in comics. So would you agree with me by saying that Spider-Man has the best group of villains or the most likable group of villains along with Batman from DC having the best group of villains? So you're saying that they are on par with one another for the best rogues gallery? Yes. Yeah, I, I could definitely co-sign that. The right. only person that I can say is Fantastic Four and just Doctor Doom, because I think Doctor Doom is probably the greatest villain of all time, in my As opinion. Another man named Victor. I was going to say, v- Victor Von Doom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't do I that on purpose. Agree with that. <laughs> Victor Von Doom is what we need in a movie now, done right. Well, did they, no, 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 did they yeah, announce yeah, a Fantastic Four? Did they no, announce that, right? No. They, they've not officially announced it. But your boy might have some insider knowledge, oh. and I can tell you that it's not Doom that would be the first villain that they face from the Fantastic Four. Yeah, that no. yeah. No, well, it's not what, be th- Doom. yeah, it would probably be. I would Silver Surfer. I would feel like Galactus. Mm, that's a good. That's a good guess. But d- no. d- yeah, Galactus. Well, but he's the Herald. Nope. He's the Herald. He's the dude that comes yeah, yeah, before yeah, Galactus to be like exactly. You know, you're all gonna die at the hands of you know, <laughs> dude. That pisses me off. How many Fantastic Four movies are we gonna get before we get one right? Until they get it right. Yeah, Fantastic uh, Seven. I mean, it depends on it depends on how stringent you're being, because I would argue that the first Incredibles was the absolute perfect iteration of the Fantastic Four. The first yeah. Incredibles, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that movie too. Yeah, that it's, was it's fantastic. Had Sam, Samuel L in there too. Yeah, you see, see how it all just <laughs> Dude, comes together. Also, looking back, Fantastic Four, the first one had Chris Evans. Yeah, the second it one did, or the third one had Michael B. Jordan in it. Uh, yep. so, oh, third one, I guess, yeah, because they made two initially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Holy shit! So just imagine if you play the Human Torch, you can come back as somebody way more awesome than the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da! <That's Yeah>. <laughs> the secret. Well, it seems like you know I read something recently. Like Henry Cavill, not only does he want to do, a, you know, another Man of Steel movie, he wants to be Captain Britain. Let they, him do whatever they want to like. Wants. You know, jump in the the different sandboxes. Everybody wants to be, you know, go from DC to Marvel, vice versa. I just feel bad for the DC. I feel bad for the DC movies at this point. If you're not a Batman movie, it's 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 a rough go for. for, uh... Well, (laughs) I mean, you're not you're not wrong. Yeah, it's it's. I'll tell you. Okay, so again, because story is everything for me. So it's not that their movies are particularly bad. It's that the one voice or vision that was putting it together got interrupted. Yeah. And that's always, that's always poop. Sure. Yeah. That's what I feel like has been the best thing about the MCU is at least Kevin Feige's like vision for like the, the long haul and not just like one movie at a time. They're thinking about the future. Like you said, DC never really had somebody that's kind of piecing it all together and then they just reboot stuff and then they, they do, you know, offshoots that are supposed to have nothing to do with it, but then those movies turn out to be so exactly. awesome and, you know, like widely accepted that they're like, oh wait, you know, maybe 
Todd Phillips maybe, jo- maybe, maybe Todd Phillips this. Joker should be involved in the mm-hmm, yeah. you know and I mean that one I really enjoyed Suicide I mean, Squad two was good yeah and I didn't even like you know the first one was whatever you know I I I, I typically I, I tend to like everything it, it takes a lot for me to really dislike a movie like a lot there's nothing wrong with that yeah because i mean i just go i i go to have fun and escape you know and and the people that get hung, hung up on certain things i will give you the you know the story I, I do kind of focus in on the story so that for me i can kind of go in and out of it but other than that i'm like i know you know i'm not looking to be you know blown out of my seat i kind of know what i'm expecting and it's just fun um like i said i mean i was saying before i mean the batman forever and batman and robin are like at the time they were like laughable, but the more I like think back and then like even watch them now, I'm like, yeah, but these were I saw they're, them they're all can- in movie theaters. Yeah, so they're I campy, love them. they're fun, exactly. And and like I said, they they, they were very comic booky. You know, they're colorful. They had the onomatopoeia. They had the you know, it's like they had all those elements that just made reading comics fun. They put that on the screen, and and I still think that Tommy Lee Jones, Joker, uh, uh, no, uh, Two Face was pretty damn awesome. It was. Oh, he was fun. <laughs> they Tommy had, Lee. He he earned his check that movie yeah. without question. <laughs> well, you had Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> you had you had Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Yeah, Uma. Right? You had Arnold Schwarzenegger. You had yeah. like I mean I'm just going through all of them, not in the- I mean, like, Jim, about, Jim Carrey's Riddler think, too. Yeah, yeah. But think about how dope Tommy Lee Edwards was in that movie, where he was dating both Drew Barrymore and Vivica A. Fox. At the same time, let's go yeah. play. Uh, <laughs> that is in the movie. Like Two they face, are his pinch girl girlfriends yeah. in that movie. Oh my Both god, I totally forgot about that. That's right. Yo, that's I, right. Oh, damn, I need to go back and watch all those nightmarish so, movies. There you go. And the bat nipples. I was gonna say the everything. nipples, nipples and all. Oh no 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 no! I'm sorry. Vivica was with Mr. Freeze. I'm sorry. Vivica was with Mr. Freeze. Drew Barrymore was with um uh, with uh, uh Two Face. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Tommy Lee, TLJ, <laughs> baby. Who, who's you know? You mentioned Christopher uh, Reeve is your Superman. At, at, you know, yes. same with me. Who, who's your Batman? Ooh, uh, Kevin Conroy. <laughs> nice, yes, me nice. Too. Let, me, let me just go ahead and cheat that one. Nice, I like Kevin that. Let's just sidestep it. <laughs> that's, that's not cheating. That's the smart. I mean, he right he, there. he is a Batman. That, I mean, you the know animated what I'm series. He's played him in- Live action as well as as animated, so it counts. It yeah, counts. it does. It and video does. video game, he was in uh, Arkham Asylum. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Great games. I and like and he's he's one of the only Batman that I've ever met. Oh wow! And he's yes. sweet as pie. Oh my god, that dude is fantastic. So, it, it, as part of my you know hardest working man in comic stuff, uh, I do celebrity moderating when I go to shows, mm-hmm. and I've worked with Kevin. Uh, a handful of times. I don't even know how many at this point. Um, but he is literally the nicest man. Nice. Like he is, he is sweet. He is, oh, he adores his fans. He is amazing. I love Kevin Conroy without a shadow of a doubt. Like he's fantastic. A random question, but didn't he get into like some hot water where like Xena warrior princess was like calling him out or was he calling her out for maybe some not so? No, 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 no. That's Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo. That's right. Totally Classic mix up. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Totally different Kevin. It's just these Herculean but, Kevins. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, never mind. Yeah, that was Sorbo. <laughs> I mean, how else do you get looking Herculean? But let's get into our segment about what we like to fucking eat. 
go. It is a Thanksgiving edition. It is a Thanksgiving episode. Let's yeah. Go. yeah. You know, we actually we have a, a rolling theme on the show. We, you know, we went crazy on the classic chicken sandwiches from all the fast okay. food chains. Got to ask you right out of the gate. Wait. Play him that soundbite, well, baby. I don't, I don't know if he'll hear the sample on the oh, phone, but when, when you listen back to the episode, you'll you'll hear the sample. I'm going to play it right okay. now. It's start, Let us it's, know it starts can. off our talking snack segment. Oh, I love it. Right. Okay. Talking snacks. Oh my god, I love it. So I yeah, so uh, what is your fast food classic chicken sandwich of choice? All right, so here's here's my truth. Okay, I'm gonna just reveal it all <laughs> to you guys. I'm a picky eater. Yeah, I'm I'm a super picky eater, so I don't really eat chicken sandwiches. Okay, okay, from fast food restaurants, right? All right. Um, now, when it comes to my chicken from a fast food restaurant, it's Popeyes. Okay, let's go, okay. baby. Right Popeyes slaps super hard. Yeah, I don't. I okay, because when I say I'm a picky eater, I'm a weird guy. I don't eat condiments. Like I hate sauces. Yeah, like, I I I, I kind of share that sentiment. I don't go crazy with the. I, I like may- mayo and mustard. That's it. That's I don't a, even like them. Yeah, like, well, yeah, yeah. They they we can fight those. <laughs> no, because I think what it is is I have a I think I have an aversion to vinegar, okay. and that's like a a base for most condiments. That, yeah. So I don't I don't like vinegar, and so I just stay away from those because like I can taste it. All right. Um, I'm also weird because I have an allergy to chocolate. Like Ooh. I can't eat chocolate; it makes me sick. Wow. Like, it would it would like possibly kill me if i actually ingested it so that's so, your kryptonite is yes chocolate. very much so that's very sad. very much so if you dip chocolate in ketchup i would definitely die like i would just <laughs> it would just be like eh, it is over it's a right. chocolate arrow with exactly. ketchup on the oh, tip oh god don't tell Hawk, don't tell Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah don't it'll tell me it'll be over so since you're a picky eater what do you look forward to most at the uh at, thanks- at the thanksgiving dinner okay so I am a macaroni and cheese aficionado. Okay. Okay. Nice. Like, I will judge you eternally if <laughs> your mac and cheese ain't on point. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking, okay, for those that don't know, can't tell by the timbre of my voice, I'm black. So <laughs> when we make mac and cheese, it's a cultural phenomenon, right? Like, yep. there's no less than four to five cheeses, nice. right? If you do anything less than that, you might get beat up. <laughs> um, if you. If you're doing Thanksgiving macaroni and cheese and Velveeta is one of your ingredients, you might get beat up. Yeah. We <laughs> oh, don't that, We don't do that. You get so, laughed you get laughed out of the dining room. Oh my god. No, out the dining room. You don't even make it yeah, you don't true. get to put your plate down in the kitchen. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> nah. They ask Wait, you to you park know, your car down the block and walk, and then when you, you get to the front know. when you get to the front door, it's locked and nobody answers it. <laughs> nobody. Nobody. Nah. But the windows we'll take are it to open. your face. Nah, B. <laughs> get that whack mac and cheese out of here. We don't do that. Dude, I gotta say, so, yeah. I, I, I love me some mac and cheese, man. That's uh, that's, that's, one, that's one of my favorites. And, and I like you can get, you know, a little silly with it. You could, you know, you can have that little breadcrumb crumble on top. You know, you can start. To- uh, there's a line. You, that's a little too close all to right, the line. All right, all right. I'm sorry. That's I don't want. I don't want. I, see, he's he's more of a ma- uh, mac and cheese like purist. Okay, like, he okay. wants mac yeah, 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 and he yeah, wants yeah. cheese. I mean, not that yeah. I, don't, I don't appreciate. What kind? What kind of what kind of pasta are you using? For the for oh, the no, mac. we got to do the we we do the elbow mac yeah. okay elbow. okay yeah because the reason and see so here's the thing so the reason why we do elbow is because volume wise you get more of it True. because it all fits together in this fun conglomeration of of eatery and 
when you stir it, it makes that that sound that is borderline <laughs> sexy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. The, well, what when Cardi you, B was singing about, right? Yeah, and you, yeah. exactly <laughs> what she was talking about. Exactly, and every time I hear that song, I'm, my mouth waters. It's not even my fault. I'm not even hungry. So, you know. Is this a craft commercial? Thanksgiving dinner, mom stirring the mac and cheese. You walk in, you're like, and I'm like, mommy, stop! Uh, I, I, I just gotta, I just gotta run to the bathroom real quick. I'll be up there 15 minutes. Don't, don't, don't call me. I'll be down. I'll be down don't, a bit don't now. Don't call me. You're interrupting me. Interrupting. I gotta get ready to eat. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, one of my favorite mac and cheeses that I've had. It, it's, it's been with the large shell pasta. I like those because, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the cheese sauce kind of fills those things up, and uh, you know. You get, the, you, get the, you get the same sound when you stir it, too. So, I mean. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. No, that's definitely a good one. Um, I'm also a fan of stuffing. I love yeah. using stuffing. Yep. Mm. I love it. Um, literally, like, as much as I'm a picky eater, I will mix, like, in terms of bites. Not, like, mix it all together on my plate, but as bites. If I can get a bite of, hey, let me make sure I get the, the order correct. It is mac and cheese mashed potatoes and then stuffing mm-hmm. as one bite that's, i'm a happy boy now is it that's is it is it, uh, is it a bread stuffing a meat stuffing or, or you don't discriminate any type of stuffing is just great i prefer bread stuffing okay yeah yeah, yeah I, I like and them then, both. It's, yeah yeah they're both good but i prefer a bread stuffing yeah. i can't lie and is it um, like uh homemade is it like a stovetop style i can i can definitely rock with stovetop i yeah, do like, like, like yeah, they, but it's not bad <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not. Like, like, you guys like, oh, it's trash. I'm like, eh, you never had it. Like, it's <laughs> just been weird and judgmental. But, <laughs> but no, if it's homemade, then it slaps even harder. But yeah. I definitely, you know, can rock with some stovetop. But yeah. I am ham over turkey, though. Okay. Same. I'm yeah. with you. That turkey's so dry half the time. It is like, so dry. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Yes. The only thing I mean, it just it's just great for those, you know, after dinner sandwiches that you have. The, uh, the only time <laughs> I enjoy eat? the only time I enjoy the turkey is a few times my dad deep fried it. But okay. you, but you're also at risk of like burning down the whole neighborhood. Burning down the whole house. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Dude, those, those those fail videos. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh you God. know, November 27th or whatever the day, the date after Thanksgiving is, you're gonna see a lot of those videos on Barstool with backyards blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Why it's is that? Because people people, dr- people drop it in too quick, right? Well, well, and and they don't understand volume, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you put, you're like, oh, I need all the oil in there. No, you don't. Let's you let's talk about in, displacement. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like clearly, this was not a subject of conversation at school for y'all. And yeah. It should have been. Yeah. And let's talk about what happens when you introduce water, which mm. is on a frozen turkey, mm. into your hot burning oil next to it your is propane tank bad. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're creating hiroshima brother so like yes. relax yes you do do you uh, do you host the uh, thanksgiving dinner or you'll be traveling so this year we will probably uh, do a little bit of both okay um i i live next to my family or near my family i live just around the corner from my grandmother oh, cool. um, it's one of the reasons why we bought this house so that we could be close to her yeah um my sons um, their mom and, and her wife are actually going to Kentucky for Thanksgiving. So my sons will be with us. Okay. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like, normally we might travel around, um, but probably not as much this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, one COVID that's definitely still a thing. Yeah, so sure. we're not yeah, yeah. rushing to other people's houses. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's a little mix of, of both. Um, my, my ex-wife's mom, uh, her birthday is Thanksgiving, so we di- we got to go over there and see her. Yeah. Um, because you know, I'm still my mom. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's cool. You gotta have any? Uh, uh, you have any like 
traditions that you, you maybe start a holiday movie after the dinner or something like that. You know, a couple episodes ago, right after Halloween, we basically said once Halloween's over, it's, it's pretty much Christmas for most folks. Oh, definitely. Both, that, both that my parents have been true. watching the Hallmark uh, Christmas movies since like mid October. <laughs> uh, but about. but in, my, in my family, one of my favorite things, because Christmas for me starts Thanksgiving night, like after the dinner, that's yeah. when you could finally embrace the Christmas spirit. And uh, we, we would always watch Home Alone after Thanksgiving dinner. So that, that's scene? one of the traditions in my family. Are we related? Are, <laughs> are we cousins? Did we just become best friends? <laughs> I think that just happened. I think that just happens. Yeah. We definitely watch uh, Home Alone. Yeah. Um, we probably will watch the old school half hour version of The Grinch That Stole Christmas. Nice. Um, yeah. And if there's time, if we start early enough, Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, cool. We'll watch that nice. one as well. Nice. That's yeah. a good one. It's a good night. You know, for the first time, uh, I think it was, yeah, I think it was last year because it's like it's the only Thanksgiving movie that I know of. Planes, mm -hmm. tra planes, trains, and automobiles. I saw that for Classic. the first. Saw that for the first time last year, but I absolutely love it. I love Steve Martin. John Candy right? was a gift from God who was taken too oh, soon. Oh my God! That's why they wanted him back. Uh, he heaven needed a funny guy. You, you, listen, need, you listen. need a big funny guy in heaven. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it real. I don't think that he was gone too soon. He was here just long enough. For I guess us to yeah. always miss him. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. like I can't. Can you think of a bad John Candy movie? No. I can't. I can't. No. I love Uncle Buck. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> One of my favorites. It's absolute <laughs> classic. Another Christmas movie that I like to throw out there for, for people. Oh, what Uncle Buck? Yep. That's a Christmas movie. I call it a Christmas movie. I guess so, huh? Yeah, because you, the, if you the, look at the time frame of it. Yeah, because the parents go away for like a Christmas thing, don't they? Or uh, well, think. it's it's oh, kind of an emergency that they go away. Oh, for, that's right. Yeah, his dad or something. I like think that, early right? on, there's like a Christmas party that Buck is at. Oh, and, that's right. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like. It, well, let me ask you the million dollar question then: If if Uncle Buck, if Uncle Buck is a Christmas movie, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I watch it every Christmas. So is the Princess Bride. Bro. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I love that. Now I'm gonna really mess you up. If you watch The Princess Bride, you realize <laughs> that um when the kid is is in bed, mm -hmm. look around his room. He's got Christmas decorations up. All right. I've never noticed that after watching. I promise it's a gonna change your, times. You're gonna text me after this is over, like, you were right. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna text you there's, after there's Thanksgiving. Houses outside the window with lights up, yeah. he's got Santa <laughs> on his wall. What the ass? How have I never noticed that? That's exactly you're gonna text me that. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check that out. What uh, do you have a favorite uh, Christmas movie? Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Amen, 100%. man. Amen. Absolute favorite. Absolute favorite. Yeah, that that yeah. that for me that that's you know I don't know I that's yeah that probably is my number one. That's my favorite one to watch over and over again. Home Alone is very mm -hmm. tradition yep. based. I watch that on the you know on Thanksgiving night. But yeah, Chevy Chase and and that whole. I mean, that whole Classic. franchise, really. Yo, second place, is, though, Just Friends with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Really? Se second place. I mean, my, Bro, my top funniest three. movie. Funny, one of the funniest movies to me of all time. Just that Friends is, is amazing. That is a good one. Well, all right. So all right, what's maybe a better question? What's your Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies? Because <laughs> yes. my, 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 my four would be uh, Home Alone, A Christmas Story, you know, gotta love that. Red you Rider, do. that Red Rider air gun, or whatever. Hundred percent. Oh my god, Red uh, Rider BB gun. Yeah. Man. Um. So yeah, Home Alone, Christmas Story, National Lampoons, and then maybe the fourth one. Uh, Just Friends. Uh, I might even say Home Alone Two, man. Lost in New York. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Nah, yeah. That's miss brilliant. me with that. Um, uh, <laughs> miss me with that. Uh, Trump's in it. I only get four. 
Can we? <sighs> I know, and there's a lot. There's a lot, and there's a lot of good ones that co- coming out too. I like I mean, uh, the night before. That's probably right? that's, oh, that's probably one of my one that's too. probably one of my favorite more recent ones. That was an all star uh, cast too. Yeah, Anthony Man, Mackie. You had, yeah. had Captain America in there. You had uh, classic, absolute classic. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yep, uh, Miles My- Teller. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about him too. Oh no, no, that's not Miles Teller. It's a uh, um, Rogan, Seth Rogan, Seth Rogan, Seth yeah. Rogan. Right. Oh, I was um, like, for so yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. I was like, oh, maybe he was in that one. <laughs> no, no, no. But then, like, was it Office Christmas Party? Oh, was Office crazy. Christmas Party's a good one. Yeah. Um, Jason. Hey, you know what? Real, I, I wanted, I wanted, to, I wanted to figure out a way to get this in there because I'm, I'm yeah. passionate about this. You mentioned Office Christmas Party. You know the DJ in the Office Christmas Party, the what, 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 what? Sam Richardson. Yeah. He is in probably one of my favorite comedy TV shows that flew under the radar. It was a YouTube original show called Champagne Ill. Have you ever heard of it? No, dude. Tonight you are watching it because <laughs> Steve told me to watch it, and I think. I've never laughed so hard at a TV show in my really? life. Really? Dude, it, it came out in 2018. It was a YouTube original. Probably came out the same time as Cobra Kai, but nobody wanted to pay $10 for YouTube. Well. So they completely <laughs> flew well. under the radar, and then, you know, Netflix bought up Cobra Kai. The rest is history. And then recently, Hulu just bought Champagne Ill. So you could watch it. So it's on Hulu. Yeah, you could watch it on Hulu, or you could still watch it on YouTube. But it's am it, it, Hulu. It's, yeah, do it on Hulu. It, Champagne Ill, it, it takes place in Champaign, Illinois. It's... Sam Richardson, uh, Adam Pauly, and their rapper friend is played by uh, Jay Farrow. Yeah. I'm on it. I'm uh, on but, it. dude, I'm oh telling God. you, it's, it's 10 episodes, 30 minutes. It is absolute comedic gold. I love it. And, okay. and, and I'm glad I got to just segue that in there because of Sam Richardson in Office. I forgot that he was in that, but then I, I remember the DJ. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, but another, another great Christmas movie. And, I, you know, I'm a sucker for the, 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 the rom-com stuff, too. Around the holidays. Oh yeah, listen, I I'm a rom com fiend. Like I as a as a cisgendered heterosexual black man. Yeah, I love the wedding date. Um, All and right. I say that unironically. Yeah. You guys watch that? It's beautiful. Yeah. It's so romantic. It's fucking. It, you will cry and you will laugh and it's it's amazing. I, watch I, wedding date. I think one of my um, favorites. I don't think it's not a holiday one, but no strings attached because I'm a big Natalie oh, Portman yeah, fan. Classic. Yeah. That's Without a good question, one. that's a good one. I mean, you you do kind of get a little mad that she's banging Ashton Kutcher, but yeah. whatever, <laughs> like, whatever. You know, you can you can kind of get over that. It takes a little time, but you're fine. Yeah, I got to throw in Gremlins. On my oh, that's right. Yeah, board. Gremlins. Yeah. 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 Um, Christmas. Shit. Yeah. Okay, it is a good one. I'm gonna say Gremlins. Definitely uh, National Lampoon. Mm. Definitely um, Home Alone. And then Lethal Weapon. Ooh. Yeah. I'm getting too yeah. old for this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lethal yeah. Weapon. Yeah. That's a good pull. I didn't even, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because everybody always talks about Die Hard being a Christmas movie. I'm like, but so is Lethal Weapon. And that's something that's like something that became a thing like the last couple of years with the whole like meme culture, I feel like. Oh yeah. <laughs> it has been. And yeah. like, it, it is a you were like, yeah, we know. We never argued that. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> yeah, but the only thing I think Die Hard gets a little more thing because Bruce Willis hasn't ever said some unsavory things about, you know. That is true. And what's uh, what's uh, what's the uh, uh God, I always blank on his name, Snape. Who played uh, oh, Alan, Alan Rickman? Alan Rickman, R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, man. Have, have you ever oh. seen Have you ever seen the uh, the Netflix uh, series like the movies that made us? God, yes, dude. When so they good. did the Die Hard episode, 
all the little Incredible. all the little tidbits. And now, like one of my favorite parts watching that movie, because when they when they do the scene where Bruce Willis like jumps off the the roof and lands on like that other lower level or something like right. that, because they were in such a time crunch and didn't care, I mean, really about anything. He jumps <laughs> off. He, he he was barefoot the whole time, but they had they had him wearing like human foot sneaker type things yes and when he jumps off in that scene they they didn't even bother editing it because they just didn't have the time and they were racing through so when he lands you see the feet that he's wearing and it's the most hilarious thing i've ever seen oh in my, my life God, amazing it's like it's like four inches off his ankle it just looks like a, <laughs> yeah. a clown boot but it's like a it's human so foot amazing. <laughs> it's so amazing you mean I, bruce the Willey? only thing i think bruce is Willey. better information is the fact that the the drop of Alan Rickman at the end with oh, the watch. Yeah, that was really cool because they really dropped Yo, him. They didn't did know. They, yeah, like, well, they go. Did they like, not know either? Well, they're like, we're going to drop you on three. And then they're like, one, cut the cord. And then he's just like, ah! <laughs> and he's like, what? So that reaction was very genuine because he wasn't expecting <laughs> to be let go at that point. Wow. Yeah, that was that it was cool. So dope. How so dare dope. you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> so before we let you go, I thank you for giving us so much time tonight. Oh, um, man, my pleasure. If we come to Columbus, Ohio, what are yes. like the top three food spots we got to go to? All right. So I'm going to give you one. Oh, that's a cheat, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Okay. So first and foremost, you got to go to Super Chefs. Um, it is a superhero themed breakfast place. Oh, cool. Um, their portions are ridiculous. They sprinkle itis on everything. <laughs> um, you will nap. Like, I Dude. promise you. I love that you call it the itis too. It's 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 what it is. Yeah, oh it God. is. It is big time. It is. Yeah, without question, <laughs> you will go to sleep. After yeah. There's a there's a thing. It's called the juggernaut. Okay, it is chicken and waffles. Mm. But nice. The waffles are dyed red to okay. look like juggernaut. Like it's all right. Oh, so good. Oh, you must um, not know who I am. They, they can they can take <laughs> that. They can. <laughs> I'm the juggernaut, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> yes. They could kick that up Classic. a notch and instead of dyeing them red, just make red velvet waffles. <sighs> I think technically that's what they're supposed to be, but luckily oh, okay. they're just dyed red because oh. I would die because yeah, red yeah. velvet has chocolate in it. Yeah. Oh, oh, come on, true, Steve. True, true. Oh, my bad, my bad. I forgot. I'm, think, I'm thinking <laughs> of... I'm, kill me. I'm eating with my imagination. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Nothing wrong with the that. The juggernaut yeah. sounds delicious. Um, okay, so the cheat is there's a place called the North Market. And the reason why it's a cheat is that they have a ton of different restaurants in it, um, like little, little pop-up stand style, but there's not like a genre of food that you can't find you yeah. want greek food they got it you want hungarian food they got it chinese vietnamese italian they got it so i would take you there and just let you walk yeah. and just consume <laughs> and 30 pounds later you'll come out like victor i'm ready to leave i'm like yeah i bet you are um <laughs> well, and then last but not least jenny's ice cream i was just um, gonna say we need to end on dessert <laughs> we need to end on dessert you're in ohio have you been to yes. jenny's Dude, I got Jenny's ice cream is it. One of our friends, uh, friends of the pod, sends us every now and then some Jenny's pints because we we, we were talking about ice cream and uh, we didn't bring up Jenny's and he started supplying us with with Jenny's. We got the Christmas pack in the freezer right now. Yeah, yeah. no joke. Yeah, that's so amazing. We're gonna, we're gonna rip through that. Uh, probably the episode after this one. Um, nice. This this, this nice. one will, this one will be out uh, Wednesday week. Wednesday the twenty fourth. So, yeah, so the fo you. following Wednesday we'll be sampling that holiday Jenny's pack. But dude, that ice well, cream then, we had like a, what was it? It was like a peach biscuit yeah. ice cream with like yep. oh my god. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Never thought yep. in a million years 
that I'd want biscuits in my ice cream, but now I don't want to have ice cream without them. <laughs> Listen, they haven't made it in a while, but the one that used to get me was it was sweet potato marshmallow. What? Oh, I, no. I kid you not. That I sounds you awesome. Not. It was it was fucking yams in my ice cream, and Ugh. I was the happiest I've ever been. I can see in that. life. My it doesn't make any sense. It's so good. My brother makes uh, like you know we just call them crack yams, you know, because yeah. I don't know what the hell else he's putting in there. But it's like <laughs> you, you can have it for dessert, breakfast, you know, drizzle it on chicken, like whatever you want. Right. It's just it's just good. I drink the stuff if I could. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh man, well, I think. Uh, I think it's about that time, man, but we appreciate you taking the time. Again, the hardest working man in comics. Uh, it, before we let you go, do you want to, for our listeners, you want to just plug um, everything you got going on, coming up, of course, socials, of whatever you want to plug? Yes. Um, look for more news on the first look deal between myself, uh, Vantage In-House Productions, and AHA Media. Uh, follow me on all forms of social at Vantage In-House, all one word, uh, V-A-N-T-A-G-E-I-N-H-O-U-S-E. Uh, visit VantageInHouse.com to check out all the cool books that I write because they are freaking amazing. Yeah, they are and awesome. And they will probably be award-winning movies soon. Yeah. Like, and we're, know, and, we're, and, we're, and we're hoping for that. And and then also, too, uh, not to just go on a, another tangent when we're trying to wrap up here, but uh, those Kickstarters that you did for a couple of like new releases coming out, that's also yes. featuring a continuation of the uh, the trouble of the with trouble love. love, so I'm looking. We didn't even I, talk about that. Shit. I know, and that's the book. And that's the book that you signed for me. Um, and that's one of the conversations too that that you know sparked a, a bigger thing at the uh, comic book the uh, comic con. And um, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was great. Um, thank you, thank you. Obviously, we will have we keep an eye on your social media, so maybe uh, the next time you got something big coming out, we can hopefully schedule some more time and have you back on. Consider it done. Consider yeah. it done. Actually, you guys will see me. Uh, tweet a lot about this this first look deal. So I would appreciate some retweets if you get a chance. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. yeah, definitely. And oh, we'll awesome. and we'll uh, we'll put the links to all your stuff um, in the notes of the episode. Um, so that'll be on all podcasting platforms, and then we'll also throw your link in our uh, link tree that's in our Instagram bio. So people much appreciate Go right to that. So Victor, thank you uh, so much uh, for doing this. We really appreciate it. Thank you, and, guys. Uh, congrats on all your accomplishments, man. It's thank uh, you, thank you. Well, well warranted, man. You're working hard, and good things come to those who work hard and hustle. And you're doing all that, and and you're doing things for the kids, uh, getting people involved in writing and 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 the art of it at a young age. Absolutely, all great stuff, man. You're a good dude. We appreciate you. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. And uh, we'll we'll talk we'll talk to you soon again. Like I said, when you have something else coming out. We'll keep an eye on it, and we'll probably be asking you to come back. <laughs> and Consider it done. Victor, check your email. I'm going to be sending you my seven-story pitches that I got. <laughs> bring it on. Maybe, bring it on. Maybe can help me if bring it. If I have it. to, I'll send you daily motivational things. Be like, yo, what'd you write today? Yeah. and I'll you? <laughs> the, you should. All right, bro. Consider you are salt of the earth. I love you. <laughs> I, I mean, Consider we, it done. I love you, dude. You're awesome. Yeah. Thanks keep doing you. what you're doing. Thanks again, Victor. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. Well, you heard it here. That's Victor Dandridge. Victor Dandridge. We'll edit out that little gap there, but uh, that's that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, thanks for hanging in there. It was a long one today, but happy we had Thanksgiving, a, we had everyone. A very, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time with family tomorrow. Uh, we hope you eat your weight in turkey and stuffing and cranberries and whatever the hell you have at your table. We know mac and cheese is gonna be on Victor's. Um, so yeah, enjoy, enjoy the time, maybe get cozy, watch a Christmas movie after, start putting up the decorations, 
fighting with your in-laws, your person. You know, may, maybe break out the political conversation. Yeah, I was going to say, table. don't bring up the vaccine. <laughs> yeah, definitely talk don't bring about up politics. Trump. You got until 2022 before the next election. Let Just let it sit. Yeah, yeah. Just enjoy, the, just enjoy this one. Try and be civil. But if you like to see the family fucking... Yeah, maybe, maybe halfway out the door. If you got to you split time with your in-laws and your... Family, maybe yeah. out the door you drop a couple bombs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just you, see you what ha- happens. You have the car ride home to talk shit. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Make sure you wear your Vax card around your neck at the dinner table. And if you break it into a family board game after, maybe you're playing taboo gestures, one of the popular ones. Don't try and slip in your political leanings yeah. to try and get people to guess what the damn card says. Nobody wants that. Oh boy. Um. Yeah. So again, yeah. Enjoy the holiday. Uh, you know, we'll be here for you. Next Wednesday, as always, and, uh, you know, next Wednesday, we got another guest on the pod. We got our boy, Andrew. Maybe get a cheese dream. Maybe go through the Jenny's ice cream. We got a lot to do. We do. We got tons uh, of stuff. It's going to be a packed end of the year. Yeah. The, the end of the year is just filled with friends and uh, good times, good talking snack conversations, hopefully some good entertainment news. And, uh, yeah, that's all we got for you this week. So, again, enjoy Thanksgiving. You know, sleep it off through the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Most importantly, tell your family about Unofficial Intelligence Podcast and how it's changed your life. Love you. Bye. It's the holiday season. The holiday season. Don't forget to, to hang up your sock. <laughs> whoa, whoa, it's a family show. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> to hang up your cock. The elf on the shelf is looking at my wife. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> you better fuck out of here.